Awesome. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We're so excited for you to be with us today. Uh, great day today. Next Steps is happening right after service has already been said. And then um, also huge small groups are, are launching. So uh, there'll be a sign up outside and also online. Get, get in a small group. This is great on Sunday where we can come and just have a straight line and hear from God. But you need to also be around some people who can encourage you in your daily walk in the Lord. I don't know about you. But sometimes I, I leave Sunday so fired up, but then by Tuesday, you know, the attacks of this world come against our mind and our heart. But thank God for Jesus, because even in the midst of every attack, he is greater than anything that we could ever face in our lives. And I want to just make a cheap plug for my own small group. Uh, I can do that because I have the microphone. But um, starting February um, 16th, 16th, I'll be doing a small group. Um, we'll be going through the book, Unqualified, How God Uses Broken People to Do Great Things. And I don't know about you, but I've been broken sometimes in my life. But thank God that God takes what there is of me and is willing to use me. Isn't that good? Isn't it good that God doesn't consult your past to, to determine your destiny? How many of you are grateful that he doesn't look at your flaws and just the way you mess up sometimes, but he sees your heart and your desire to be everything that he created and called you to be. So this is actually going to be a fun series. We're, we're starting a series today called Relationship Goals. It's quiet. You know, you, somebody be like, if I shout amen, I, the person sitting next to me might have a problem. <laughs> so No, but relationships on all levels. But I want to lay some foundation today. And I actually want to uh, excited about the last part of this series because my favor uh, sitting over in that seat is going to be up here with me. We're going to be tag teaming. Uh, the last week of this, and it's just going to be an exciting time. Uh, but how many of you know that whether you have a friendship, whether you're single, married, um, want to be married, want to be unmarried, stop. <laughs> um, we all need help in this area constantly. We just, on, on levels, we just, because we deal with people uh, on a daily basis. And sometimes we got to realize that in your mind would be like, life would be great if I just didn't have to deal with people. <laughs> But the reality is that we deal with people on a regular basis. So we want to start this thing with relationship goals. And I want to open with a verse um, that I want us to use as a foundation uh, for this message that will really help us. If we get this, then I believe we'll get the master key to everything. But we're talking today about faithful attraction, um, a matter of control. But I want to read this verse, and I want us to really take this to heart. It says in Philippians 2.3, it says, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit or ambition, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. This, this is a foundation for everything that we need to do in regards to every relationship on every level. And sometimes this is hard because we're raised in a society where we, are, we have a bend towards selfishness. Come on. Amen. So we're just naturally inclined to worry about me first. And then there was a time a few years back uh, where that phrase became popular, I got to look out for number one. But the reality is that you don't have to look out for number one when God is looking out for you. So if you know that God is on your side and he's looking out for you, then you can do what Paul says in this verse and to not take actions and behavior and say things that only benefit you. Come on. You ever been around people that everything was about them all the time? Like, even if you're trying to share the intimate uh, desires of your heart or the struggles that you're going through in your life, somehow, some way, they have to twist the conversation to be about them. 
But the reality is, is that when we in our hearts and in our minds make a sincere, authentic decision to put others before ourselves, then God just has a way of stepping into that relational situation and taking over. But what it requires of us is saying that I am not responsible to fix the other person. And the reality is, is that whether it's a friendship or a boss or a husband or a wife, sometimes we get in this mode where we think we have been appointed the sheriff of their life. And that is our job to fix and repair everything that's wrong about them. But there's a problem with that, um, and it's not in the notes, but this is what Jesus says. He says, first, take the beam out of your own eye. And he says that when we do this, we'll be able to see clearly to help someone else. So he always wanted us to not, not with condemnation, but in, in a spirit of humility say, is there anything that I could do to improve this situation? Come on. This is hard because when you deal with people, it's very, how many of you know it's very easy to become prophetic with other people's problems? Don't let that word scare you because you can perceive it real quick. They have, but... but what I want to ask, can I be a little honest with you all today? What I want to ask sometimes is, how are you so, you, you are so skilled at finding out what's wrong with everybody else? But when it comes to you, it's a little bit harder. Even though you could look right in front of the mirror, for some way you can't see that huge beam in your own eye. But you can detect better than a microscope the speck. How many of you know sometimes, see, this is the fun thing about relationships and friendships is, is that it's okay if you do it. But, but it's hard and, and you get frustrated when they do it. Oh, it was all right when you said it. And God was with it when you said it. But when they turned that thing back on you, how could they say that about me? You're just trying to be petty. There's five things that you got to do. Uh, actually, let's not go there yet. Because one of the things that I want to leave you with in this series, I want to be honest with you, is I believe that God wants to give us hope in this area. He wants to give us hope in relationships on all levels. Father, daughter, mother, daughter, son, friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. He wants to give us hope. Because, listen, watch this. The enemy wants to steal our hope and our joy in this area for one reason, because he knows that it affects so many areas of our life. So it filters out. How many of you know when, when you, you, your relationship is going okay, sometimes you can hear all the birds singing outside? When, when the relationships and friendships are okay, it's just, man, everything. This could be a rainy day outside, but you see the glimmer of sunshine. But leave the house and have an argument. Get off the phone and have a sharp disagreement. And all of a sudden, it could be bright outside, but you see the little cloud. And it's harder because we filter things. Watch this, or maybe I'm just preaching to myself. But we filter things through our relationships. And so that's why it's so important to, to, to get God's perspective on it. And to get God's perspective on it, you have to understand the cross. You see... What you think about Jesus, I, I need you to understand this. I'm getting to this. The message is actually not that long, so I'm spending some time here. The, 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 what you feel about Jesus and what we believe about the cross 
will determine the level of hope we have in this area. Here's why. Because Jesus, because of the cross and because of the blood, there is nothing, say nothing, there is nothing that's past redemption. It has not, I need to help somebody in here, it has not gotten that bad that you can't get through it anymore, wherever you are. And I need to help some people who are on the other side of it. It is not so bad that if you're already where you didn't get through it, it's not so bad that you can't get over it. Let me be a little bit more real. It's not so bad that you can't get over them. Because some of us, I, I know this, I say this every week, we know how to come in church and high five and hug and shake hands and say I'm walking in favor. But on the inside, sometimes we're struggling because we're still trying to get past somebody who moved on. And we're trying to get past somebody who did us wrong. But the cross makes it possible that he can make it new all over again. Every part. He can fix your mind, your emotions, your heart. Even though you've been struggling, you've been wounded, you've been hurt in this area. Your friend left you. They won't talk to you anymore. You text them. They won't text you back. You can get over them. Your destiny. Watch this. Your destiny wasn't tied to them. God didn't say, oh, no, they left you, so now I can't use you. Who am I talking to in this place today? No, no, your life and your purpose is not past redemption. But let me tell you, we're going to have some relationship goals in here. Because God, when he brings people into your life, those people God brings into your life to support your assignment, not to take away from it. Say, I'm worth more than that. I need you to understand this. You have to see the value that God placed in you. Don't you realize that you have value enough that he sent his own son to die for you? If you don't understand this part, you won't grasp any part of the message that I'm going to preach today. This is why I'm spending time here. If he would shed his blood for you, he didn't shed his blood so you could be treated any kind of way. So, but there's five things that, that we've got to do, and we want to just, we'll rehearse these throughout this series, but there's five things we have to do to have successful relationships on all levels. We have to seek God. How many of you remember that movie, Jerry Maguire? Some of y'all are like, I don't watch. I'm too saved. I never. <laughs> I don't really watch them either, but that was a, you know. But y'all, you, you, anyway. <laughs> but there's this part in that movie that, that, for some reason, the women like this part. And they, they say to the other person, you complete me. And I begin, it's, it's, it's designed to be one of those really romantic moments in, in the movie. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, God really never designed for another human to complete you. And, and, and I need to tell you this because we're deceived in society thinking that that person is going to fix everything in my life. And that person is going to be the answer to everything that I go in my life. But your answer is Jesus. And if both of y'all realize that your answer is Jesus, his objective was for both of you, friendship, relationship, whatever, to seek him together. Not for you to seek that other person as your answer. Because when God is in the right place, everything else will come into alignment. So you've got to kind of take some of the expectations. See, your things you are looking for in life should come from God, but you're looking for them from people. And anytime you look for something from a person that only God can give you, you will be disappointed. 
But when you sit there and you say, you know what, God, you're the source of my strength, the source of my joy, the source of my peace, you can look at the other person and say, okay, I can look past some of the things that, y'all all right? Okay, so here we go. Um, you got to fight fair. You got to fight fair. See, and this is, I'm going to be chauvinistic on both sides during this series because some of y'all women refuse to fight fair. Y'all know it's true, too, because y'all know how to say things and direct things in a way that wound. It's quiet in here, and you know how to do it. Watch this. Watch this. When he does it to you, you want to cry. I told you, this is, we're pulling the gloves off during this. But the reality is he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be reciprocating that either. Come on. Like, it's not a, see, too many of us in our relationship, we're trying to keep score. He did it, so I'm going to do it. She did it, so I'm going to do it. He did it this long, so I have to do it. Come on. Third grade. We're going to be real, I'm telling you. You got to fight fair. Here's the reality. Accept the fact that you will fight in a relationship. You know why? Because there's two different people. And anytime you bring two different people, two different mindsets, two different backgrounds, two different upbringings together, there is going to be a rare moment where you disagree. But you got to fight fair. You got to fight fair. Got to have some ground rules. You can't, there's certain things that can't be on the table. Come on. There's certain things that, that can't be on the table. There's certain things that are not, uh, you're not, you shouldn't say them in the context of a disagreement or a fight. And you got to agree on that. Got to have fun. Got to have fun. As you look at this series and, and as you think about Christ bringing redemption and hope in this area, I want you to just take a split second and think about the last time you had fun. <laughs> Realize that God wants us to have fun too. He does. He wants us to laugh. You should be able to joke around every now and then. Everything is not that serious. Come on. Got to stay pure. Got to stay pure. Going to talk about that more in week three, but, but the, the, Jesus said this. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So when we're not pure, it hinders our ability to see and to hear what God is doing, and we begin to look at others and filter others through our own mess. Watch this. Sometimes my wife, she, she in here? Oh, she's over there. Okay. I can't talk about it too much now. But one thing she'll do, one thing she'll do, she'll, she'll come up to me and she'll take my glasses off and start cleaning them. And to be honest with you, it annoys me sometimes. <laughs> How many of you know you got to make, sometimes they, sometime they'll work you a little bit, they'll work your nerves a little bit. Y'all men are so quiet, but you know I'm telling the truth. Thank you, my brother. I got one thing. Don't leave me out there, man. I, gotta, I still got to go home. But, oh. <laughs> so, no, no, okay, all right. But what she'll do, and, and let, me, let me give you the illustration because I think it'll be helpful to everybody. What she'll do, she'll, tell me, she'll take them off, she'll start cleaning them, and she'll be like, don't you realize your glasses are dirty? But here's the problem. The problem is that I've been looking through them so long like that that I began to adjust my sight to be able to see through the smudges and still navigate my life. 
Now watch this. Watch this. So, so I'm watching and I'm seeing through dirty lenses. And the same thing we have to do spiritually is everybody filters and goes through life and interprets relationships, interprets friendships, interprets whether the relationship should be right or wrong, I should be in it out, through a dirty lens. And so first, the lens has to be clean so you can see clearly. This is why we misinterpret what our friends and our husband, our wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, we, we misinterpret some of the things that they say and do because we're looking through the, long, the wrong lens. Sometimes we make assumptions instead of asking questions. Why did you say that? Why did you feel that way? And not just assume that everything was an attack. And then the last thing, most important thing, never give up. You, it, one of the things that the enemy will do, he will pressure you to give up. Whisper, it's never going to change. They're always going to be that way. They're always going to talk that way. They're always going to think that way. Now, listen, here's the, the reality that a pastor is not supposed to say, but I'm going to say. There's some people who, at times, they're just no good. They just, they just choose to be no good. I'm not talking about someone who's sincerely trying to get better and trying to ask God to help them and trying to improve. There's some people who don't want to improve. That's the reality. They're selfish and they just want it their way all the time. And in that case, only God can deal with those kind of people. But most, the vast majority of people don't want their lives to be miserable don't want their friendships to be miserable. But we've got to say, look, I'm going to put others first. But here's, here's the foundation. Here's the principle. If your relationship is based upon control, your attraction is not faithful. It's fatal. That's a tough one, isn't it? God never designed for us to be in relationships based upon control. If we're honest and I ask, and I'm not going to, so raise your hand in your heart. Don't actually do it. Some of us have been in relationships that were based upon the control of another person. And what happens when you are in a relationship based upon control is that you end up losing the identity that God gave you. Man, it's quiet. But that's all right. I'm going to preach anyway. We were never designed to function that way. In a friendship, in any type of thing, we were never designed to function with a backseat driver. She's leaving, so I could really talk about this now. Um, so one of the things that happens is, is if we go on a trip we, we, or we go somewhere, and this is how many of us are living our lives. We, we're in the car, and inevitably I'm driving, and she's in the passenger seat. Y'all men know where I'm going with this. But for some reason, she feels like it is her responsibility to tell me exactly how to drive how slow to drive, how fast to drive, when to turn, the fact that the, the light is green and I need to go, and, and it just, everything. And now here's the, here's the, the worst part, that I, but I want to get to this because I think this will hit home with some of you. Inevitably, I'll peek out the corner of my eye, and a truck could be 25 feet back. And she's looking in the rearview mirror nervous. And that nervousness is making me nervous because I'm like, what are you looking at? <laughs> and so now my driving is being controlled by how someone else is viewing the road. 
Many of us are in friendships and relationships that are being controlled by the emotions of other people. God never designed for you to be in emotional bondage to somebody else's struggle. Now, I love her, so I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I'm, uh, you all understand the illustration, right? Okay. So, so control, that, that uh, control-based relationships can be fatal because now you limit your ability to hear God, and now you're always hearing through the lens of whatever the person controlling you's experience is. Our first relationship goal, then, is to walk in godly freedom. We got to walk in godly freedom. Now, I'm not talking about walking reckless. I'm talking walking in freedom to where on any level of relationship you're in, you're free to be who God created you to be. Now, this doesn't come without struggle, and sometimes there's some pull because we're all learning. But the, the general gist is I need to be able to live in the freedom of who God made me to be. And if I'm always trying to meet your expectations... How many know, even right now, with all of you who I love in here right now, if I preach a message trying to meet the expectations of everybody in here, that's how to preach and help nobody. But if my mind and my heart is so directed, inclined, and focused on God that I can be free to say what he wants you to hear, then you can be blessed. And the thing is, is that when you break free from the bondage of control, you can bless the people that you're around because you're free to hear God. This too deep for y'all is good. All right. So the, two, the controller has two basic weapons. First one is threats. They'll threaten. You, you, you know, it, I need you to do this, and I need you to be better at this, or else I'm going. And sometimes the threats are more subtle, are like, you know what? Um, if I can't talk to you, I'll find somebody to talk to. Come on. I can't text you, so I'll text them. Some of you, can I, can I, be, can I be your pastor for just a minute? Some of y'all have some phone numbers you need to lose. You have some phone numbers that need to be deleted permanently. Because, see, you have this kind of cushion called just in case. I'll come over here to this side. You have this cushion called just in case, just in case they, I get upset with them, or just in case they go, I can go back to my little contact list and say, hi, how are you doing? I was just thinking about you. How to have a relationship that doesn't improve is to have a just in case list. Some of y'all today, go home and just start deleting them. Just, just get rid of them. It's not worth it. Because guess what? When you try to jump over into their bed, you're going to have the same problems. You know why? Because you still haven't faced you. So let's water our own garden. Let's plant in our own garden. Come on, y'all adults. Let's plant in our own garden. Call your wife and talk to her till she understands. Stop calling other people. Call your husband and talk to him till he understands and stop saying, I got to just, just in case. Threats. The other thing that the other controller's weapon is guilt. So they'll try 
to make you feel guilty about things you don't have any business feeling guilty about. How many of you know you shouldn't feel guilty about your dream, your vision, your hope, your desires? There's nothing wrong with, with having them, but you've got to align them with God's heart. Let me just read this verse because Sean's going to get on me for not moving with this. We're almost done, though. I'll fly through this. Uh, Matthew 16, 22 to 24 says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You ever had a get behind me, Satan moment? This is why he told him to get behind him. He said, you are a stumbling block for me. For you're not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. And then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. There's three things you need to know. You've got to know in the context of a relationship, what has God called me to do? You've got to know what you've been called to do. People pleasing. This is why. Because controllers will have you so focused on pleasing them and doing what makes them happy. And here's the thing. It's a form of idolatry. You were, never you were designed to love the other person, not worship them. And so anytime your worship is misplaced, your relationships become unaligned. And some of us can't get along with our friends, with our spouses, with our significant others, with who we're We can't get along because our desires have taken the place of God's desires. Putting people's opinions of you ahead of God's calling for you is a form of control. If you're going to be successful in relationships, this helping anybody? If you're going to be successful, you have to first know that God's opinion of you matters most. Then after that, you do need to have the opinion of your spouse, your friend, your significant other. But it has to be God first. God has to be first and honored in everything. And when he is in first place, he aligns everything else. You got to know what you, the reason you've got to know what you've been called to do is because knowing what you are called to do creates clarity. God never designed for you to live without focus. Y'all still in here? Your feelings hurt? You okay? Okay. So, so clarity. Clarity. Calling. Knowledge of your calling. Assurance of your calling. It creates clarity. And the single people in here, this is important because when you start running towards calling, you want to be able to look to the side and say, okay, they're running with me, so they got potential. That's how you, I, I, when I was an assistant principal, sometimes the, the kids would come in and ask me about their boyfriend or girlfriend, what they thought, different things like that. And I would tell them all the same thing. I said, run as hard as you can after Jesus. Then look to the side. Look to your side. See who's running with you. If they're running in the opposite direction, they are not for you. And you got to be able to have enough worth, value, of who God created you to be to say, okay, I, I don't need somebody this bad. Is that good? I don't need somebody this bad. Now, for some of you, you might already be, you know, where things are tough or whatever. That's why the cross gives us redemption. So God can restore. God can renew. God can give you hope. So don't lose hope hearing this because God wants you to be successful even wherever you find yourself right now. It might be a desert season right now for you. But tell somebody it's going to get better. Just remind them, it's going to get better. 
It's going to get better. Okay, no one, you got to know when someone is trying to control you. All people, all controllers have this in common. Take picture of this because I got to move. All controllers have a person who allow it. I know that's tough to hear, but in order to have a controller, you have to have someone who's willing to be controlled. The person who does the controlling has a problem. And so do we if we consistently allow it to happen. So we've got to know when to draw the line. Y'all still here? I'm almost done, I promise you. But this will help you. You've got to know when to say, okay, you are not going to treat me like this. Here's how Jesus said it. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. I would not suggest you calling your friend. You, some of y'all might. <laughs> get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block for me. If you give control to a person, God is not directing you. Someone else is. Car illustration. They're steering, and they don't even have the steering wheel. You're driving, but you're driving based on other people's expectations instead of God's. So the relationships that we have are a combination of two things. What we expect, oh, I missed my point, sorry. The relationships you have are a combination of what you created and what you've allowed. So what I have right now, and this is now, don't feel bad, but what I have at this particular stage in my life, you might be saying, all of my friends treat me this way. All, everybody treats me this way. I'm not saying it's your fault, but I'm saying that there's some responsibility that we've got to accept for what we allow. If you don't like what you have, change what you expect and what you accept. Come on. Say, I'm worth it. Say, I'm worth it with faith. So you got to decide, this is the last day that I'm accepting this, and I'm allowing this, and I'm expecting this, even though I might feel, I hate to say it like this, that you are a loser. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you a blessed woman of God, a blessed man of God. I'm going to start calling you what God calls you, and stop calling you what I see before me right now. Control freaks want to play God. They want to play God in your life, and you've got to know there's such a thin line between listening to somebody's input and letting them have a chain in your back directing everything that you do. Then Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. He must take up his cross. And follow me. Now, I have this verse here for a reason, just one, just that first part. If you are going to follow Jesus in his pattern of life in every area, you're going to have to. The first thing he says you have to do is deny you. Remember that verse I started with? Do nothing from selfish or vain conceit. Value others more than yourself. This is important because if you're going to have success in this area or any other of your life, you've got to say, okay, you know what? I am denying myself the way that I think, the way that I act, the way that I feel. It's okay to talk to people any kind of way I want to and say, you know what? I'm going to humble myself 
And God, you know what? Give me the words to say. Help me to minister to their heart. Help me to be a better friend. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better wife. Help me to make myself available if I'm single and I want to be married. Help make me the person that is, it's not even a word, but marryable. <laughs> I just made up one. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I know some of this is heavy. But it's redemptive because if you will receive this, if you'll receive what God is saying through this today, and just search your heart and say, Lord, how have I been willing to deny myself? Have I been willing to say that maybe my way, maybe my perspective, maybe my thoughts, maybe this about me, that about me? I'm willing to say, you know what? I'm, I might be wrong. Or, Lord, I might be right, but I'm saying it wrong. Y'all have heard me say this in this church before. Sometimes for us, I want to talk to the ladies for a minute while your eyes are closed. Some, some, sometimes for us, men, it, it's not that you don't need to express yourself or say what you need to say, but sometimes you need to put a little sugar or honey on it just to make it digestible. I need to talk to my men, my men out there too. Let me help us. We're not always right. Matter of fact, God has created women in such a way, you see it in scripture, that they can be very perceptive to what the spirit is saying and, and hearing. And we've got to learn that even though we're the man, that we need to hear Y'all still with me? We need to be able to hear and be sensitive. I want to challenge you for the rest of this series. And, and here's my challenge to you for the rest of the series as we, we pray. is I want you to put yourself last. And I don't mean this by, by allowing yourself to be bullied or, or controlled or abused. But I want you to say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do things or say things just to see what I can get out of them or how things can improve for me or how things can be better for me, but I'm going to, to find ways to genuinely say, you know what, I value you. Even though you frustrate me to no end sometimes, <laughs> I, I value you, I love you, I appreciate you. If, it's, if you're looking, you, you, you so many things on my heart. But as your eyes are closed, you, you women who are, are single or men who are single, I want you to ask God each day, make me the man or woman of God that you created me to be. And in doing that, I'll be who they need me to be. Don't lose hope. Sometimes you're like, you know, I'm, I'm this age or that age, and it seems like I'm running out of time. You're not running out of time. God's timing is perfect. You just let him make you who he wants you to be. And don't, don't allow yourself to say, I've got to get this done now. Just because people are asking me, well, when and how long? And don't you have a man by now, a woman by now? All that foolishness will get us in trouble. So here's the prayer request. Here's the, the invitation today. Whether you're single, you're married, looking to be married, here, here's the invitation. It's simple. And I'm going to ask you in humility to just be honest. 
you're in here and you say, you know what, God? In this area, I, I just need help. That's not deep. I just need you to help me. Help, help me in this area. If that's you, nobody's looking around. Just slip your hand up so I can know who I'm praying for. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you. Saw you. Yeah, saw you. Appreciate you being honest. Second part of that invitation is this. It's being directed by God with the exact words to use here. You're here and you're like, I've lost hope in this, this area. Nobody's looking around. But for you, you need to acknowledge the fact that you have. And that openness of just saying, you know what, that's me. I've kind of lost hope in this area. Slip your hand up. Amen. Bless you. you being honest. God is a restorer of hope. He's a restorer of joy. He's a restorer of peace. So I'm going to pray for you. And lastly, you're here and you just, uh, we've got to do this. If you've never, maybe you've never said, I'm devoting my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Um, this would be a great day and a great place to start. Um, if that's you, we just want to pray with you as well. Um, nobody's going to ask you to come up or embarrass you. Just want to know who you are. If that's you, just, you know, I need, I need to be fully dedicated to Jesus. I haven't been. I've kind of straddled the fence. If that's you, slip your hand up quickly, quickly. Amen. God bless you. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, everybody's hand lifted all over the room. You have strength to do it. Father, we thank you for redemptive hope that comes through the cross of Jesus. Because you died on the cross for our sins, because you rose three days later, there is nothing that's beyond your redemption or behind your hope. Even though we might feel hopeless and even helpless, Lord, we thank you for the cross because that is our reminder that there is absolutely nothing that you can't save and that you can't restore and that you can't make like new. Those, Lord, thank you for the humility of those who lifted their hands and simply said, I need help in this area. You're a helper, Lord. You are a helper. You know every detail of their life, every detail of the relationship, every dream, desire, hope, you know it all. And Lord, I ask you to step into their situation right now. Step right in. Begin to direct them what to say, how to say it, what to do, how to do it. Give them your perfect timing for every conversation. In the name of Jesus, begin to renew their sense of worth and value. In the name of Jesus, let them realize that they did just because they've been through something, they're not what they've been through. They're not tied to what they've been through. Their worth is not set on what they've been through. Their worth is set by their creator. Lord, I say right now that there's nobody in this room, nobody that becomes a part of this church that will settle for anything less than the best that you have for their lives, the best that you have for their relationships, the best that you have for their friendships. Why? Because God, you are the best. Lord, we know that you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask think or imagine. So I declare and decree miracles over every relationship, relationship struggle in this house right now. I declare freedom right now for those who are single, not in a relationship yet. I set a hedge of favor upon those people who are single, God, that you would close the door of every wrong relationship and let them walk through an open door of every right one in the name of the Lord Jesus, that as they walk in vision, as they walk in calling that you have for their life, that the right people will walk beside 
beside them, Lord. I pray for divine connections, for divine appointments, divine alignment in their life like never before. And even like that illustration that you gave me, Lord, of the glasses, clear our eyes so that we are not looking through impure glasses, that we're not looking through dirty lenses, Lord, but that we're looking and seeing things as you see them. Allow us to see those who are connected to us the way you see them, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare that this day, February, February 3rd, is a day of freedom, a day of restoration, a day that we begin to understand one another and that we walk together and not walk divided. In the strong name of Jesus, we humble ourselves to receive everything that you have for us. And for now, those who lifted their hands, we want to pray this together as a church. For those who lifted their hands, but everybody praying, repeating after me, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the cross. Thank you for salvation. Forgive me for every place, every way that I've gone wrong. Set me on the right path. Direct me in the right direction. Be Lord of my life. Lead me, teach me, guide me, direct me, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, let everyone shout amen. Let's celebrate Jesus in here. Just remember, outside is, is small group sign up. Um, so right outside, if you want to be part of a small group, you can sign up there online. And also, we have next steps. If you want to know more about our church and know more about us, Right after service, we got food for you over there if you, you're participating in next steps as well. Can't wait to see you over there after service. And lastly, if you desire prayer, it's so important. This is dear to my heart. Um, sometimes you just need to connect with someone else. And you don't have to tell them your business, but our prayer team is up here. You just need someone to join hands and, and agree with you for a miracle in any area. You don't have to tell them what it is. Just say, I need you to pray with me. I need you to, to trust God with me. I'm, I'm looking for him to do something. They're here to serve you. Um, they'll be here after service. Let me pray with you, and then I'll be outside to shake your hand, and we'll see you next week. Father, in the name of Jesus, we adore you. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you that the word, that we're good soil, and that the word has been planted on good ground. And as we go through our week, we're leaving with favor upon our lives. We're believing for miracles, for provision, for healing, for deliverance, for freedom in our lives. In Jesus' strong name we pray, amen, and we will see you next week. God bless you.